Vamos, Samach Vav, Amir Aleph, 66a, beginning the Gemara. We mentioned in the last recording uh, that the Mishnah discusses the following case. What happens when a Kohen is married, and it's a, it's a marriage which is a prohibitive marriage. It's not allowed by the Torah, it's an ordinary negative commandment, and therefore we... It, we follow the position that it's a legal marriage. They would have to get divorced because they're not allowed to remain married, but it would be recognized as a legal marriage. And the wife, uh, because she's not allowed to have relations with this Kohen, meaning if she's, let's say, somebody who's divorced, she's not allowed to marry a regular Kohen, or a widow cannot marry the high priest, the Kohen Gadol. Uh, so the wife becomes what's referred to as a Chalala, She's not allowed to eat truma. And the question is, okay, so she can't eat truma, the special food that goes to the Kohen. Her husband could still eat truma. The question is, what about the avadim, the non-Jewish slaves that she brings into the marriage? Usually, if it's a regular case, which is completely allowed, so then those slaves are allowed to eat truma. Uh, the question is, since she's not allowed to eat, so then could they eat? And the Mishnah distinguished between Avde Mulog and Avde Tzom Barzal. The Mishnah distinguished between uh, Avde Tzom Barzal is really uh, the slaves that she brings into the marriage belong to the husband. The husband really um, has uh, responsibility for these slaves in the sense that uh, if they die, so then it's his loss. If they go up in value, so then it's his gain. And so they are allowed to eat truma. When it comes to her slaves, in the sense that uh, the ramifications impact her, whether they die or whether they go up in value, so then they are not allowed to eat truma. And the Gemara is going to ask one question, essentially, and give three different answers. And that's hopefully what we'll discuss in, this, in today's recording. And that question is, why is it that the Avde Malug, the slaves that she owns even after they get married that it's really hers it's just that her husband has rights to uh, for the for the slaves to work for him so why is it that they're not allowed to eat truma why is this any different than any other case okay it's true it's a prohibitive relationship uh, but still why should that necessarily make a difference as the Gemara says it's really true that the Avdim Log, the slaves the non-Jewish slaves that she brings into the marriage they're not allowed to eat truma we should say that this is comparable. This is a case where uh, the Kohen uh, has, uh, let's say, somebody else in which uh, they're allowed to eat truma, let's say the wife, and then the wife has slaves, and so that's her own ownership over the slaves. So just like the Kohen allows the wife to eat truma in a regular case, and the wife then has her, her own slaves who are allowed to eat truma through the husband, it's really all coming through the husband, so then essentially the Gemara is asking, once it's going all through the husband, so then the fact that the wife is not allowed to eat truma, that shouldn't make any difference. In the end of the day, the Kohen, the husband, is allowed to eat truma, and the rule is that the wife's slaves are allowed to eat truma if the husband is a Kohen, so the fact that the wife can't eat truma because she's a halala, she's in a relationship which is not allowed, so therefore she's not allowed to eat truma. Okay, fine, she can't eat truma, uh, but because the slaves are essentially coming through the husband, it's the slave's master is the, is the wife, but the wife is 
the Isha's Kohen, it's the wife of the Kohen, so then the Kohen should be able to allow these slaves to eat Truma. How do we know that a regular case? Uh, they, we'll see in this Brisa, it, it goes first through the simple case, and then it's going to get to the next case. A Kohen, how do we know that the wife of a Kohen or the slave of a Kohen, they're allowed to eat Truma in both of those cases? Because it's such a number of a Kohen, the verse says that uh, any acquisition that the Kohen has, whether it's his wife, or whether it's his slaves, they're allowed to eat truma. Oh, what about the next case? What about when the wife owns slaves, or slaves themselves own other slaves? How do we know that those slaves are allowed to eat truma? Sorry. Um, so the... The Gemara says, this Bryce says that how do we know that a slave owns a slave or a wife owns a slave? They're also allowed to eat Truma. Also because of the same verse, but the extra word, the extra phrase in the, in the verse of Kinyan Kaspa. And because of the extra words, that's how we know that even if it's the slave slaves or if it's the wife slaves, so they're allowed to eat Truma. So, so the Gemara is essentially asking, so the Kohen's wife slaves they're allowed to eat truma. And so the fact that the wife can't eat truma, she's not allowed to eat truma because she's in this type of relationship and she therefore she's referred to as a halala who's not allowed to eat truma. Okay, but still, it should go directly to the husband and she should they should be able to eat truma. So to that, the Gemara will have three answers. Answer number one, it's fundamentally different than the answer number two and answer number three. Answer number one says as follows. No, the Gemara says. It says, no. Kinyano shikane kinyan it's true it's all going back to the husband to the Kohen but we still need the step of the Kohen's wife because the, it's, the, the Kohen's wife is allowed to eat Truma and then that wife has her own slaves uh, so her own slaves can only eat Truma if she herself is allowed to eat Truma in this case she is not allowed to eat Truma so it doesn't go back all the way to the husband no it's the, since she's not allowed to eat truma, her slaves are also not allowed to eat truma. Now, the slaves, the non-Jewish slaves that she brings into the marriage, that really, in the end of the day, belong to the husband, they could eat truma because they really belong to the husband. Uh, but her own slaves, uh, they are not allowed to eat truma because it's not like it goes straight from the husband to the slaves. No, there's the wife in between, who's the master who owns these slaves. And so if she's not allowed to eat truma, the slaves also cannot eat truma. So the Gemara says, is this really true? Is this concept really true that if one person is not allowed to eat truma, so then they will not allow others to eat truma? We know that there are people, there are kohanim, who are not allowed, a male who is not allowed to eat truma. For example, if they're an arel, if they never had a bris milah, if they never had a circumcision, they're not allowed to eat truma, the special food that's given to the kohen. Or let's say they're tummy. You're not allowed to be impure. Let's say they're tummy, they're impure, they're also not allowed to eat truma, and yet they allow their wives, their slaves, they are allowed to eat truma. So it's this principle is not true, asks the Gemara. It's not really true that if you're not allowed to eat, so then you do not allow others to eat. We see that there are cases where they're not allowed to eat, and yet, um, and yet uh, they do allow the wife and the slaves to eat. So the Gemara answers as follows: No, Hasam Pumayu 
Essentially, over there, it's an external problem. Fundamentally, the Kohanim, these Kohanim could eat. It's, there's an external problem here. The fact that right now they're impure. They could become pure. They go to the mikvah, they become pure. Right now, they, they didn't have a bris mili yet. They didn't have a circumcision yet. Uh, but these are external problems. Fundamentally, this Kohen could eat truma. Since fundamentally, this Kohen can eat truma, so then his wife could eat truma, his slaves could eat truma. Uh, but in our case, where the wife is a halala, she's deemed as a halala because she's in this uh, prohibitive relationship, so she cannot eat truma. I mean, fundamentally, she's not allowed to eat truma, so then her slaves also cannot eat truma. The Gemara then asks another question. Oh, what about Bahari Mamzer? What about a Mamzer? A Mamzer is not allowed to eat truma. A Mamzer is a child from a from a prohibitive relationship. So what does it mean that a Mamzer allows others to eat truma? So the case is as follows. It's a little bit of a complicated case. But essentially, if you have a non-Kohen wife, she was a Yisrael before she got married. She marries a Kohen. So now she's allowed to eat truma. She's married to the Kohen. She's allowed to eat truma. They have a daughter. They have a daughter. Now that they have this daughter, so now she, the mother is allowed to eat truma. So let's say the, the, the husband passed away. But still, she's allowed to eat truma because of her daughter. Now this daughter now gets married to a mamzer. She marries a mamzer. And therefore, anybody who marries a mamzer, the child is automatically a mamzer. So now this woman, the original woman's grandson, is a mamzer. Uh, now, let's say the daughter passes away. So the only descendant that this grandmother has is this grandson who's a mamzer. This grandson who's a mamzer allows his grandmother to eat truma because since there's a continuation of that original relationship between the husband and the wife, the Kohen and his wife who was not a Kohen, but since they continue to have descendants, and so even though the daughter passed away, but the daughter married a mamzer and now the grandson is a mamzer, so this mamzer allows his grandmother to eat truma. So we see, even though the mamzer himself is not allowed to eat truma, but he's allowing his grandmother to eat truma. So we see that there is no such principle that if you're not allowed to eat, so then uh, you're not allowed to have others eat, because we see from the mamzer that the mamzer is not allowed to eat, and yet he allows his grandmother to eat. So the answer is no. That's the case is very different. No, when we said this principle, this was specifically with regards to allowing other people to eat truma, the special food that's given to the Kohen, through an acquisition, meaning through some form of an acquisition of whether it's slaves or getting married, there's some transaction there through the marriage. Those are cases where because there was some connection there, uh, a, uh, a Kenyan, an ownership type of a connection, so therefore if the uh, master or uh, or let's say uh, let's say the master is not allowed to eat truma so then the slaves cannot eat truma but over here by the moms there it's not based on a on a kinyan on an acquisition on an ownership it's because this moms there is the grandchild of the grandmother and so therefore even though the moms there cannot eat truma but still the grandmother could eat truma because in the end of the day she has a child from that original relationship with the Kohen so that is all opinion number one. So essentially opinion number one is saying we cannot ignore the middleman, meaning the Kohen is the one who certainly could eat truma. He's married to, uh, let's say a regular Kohen is married to somebody who was previously divorced. 
And so this is a prohibitive relationship. So the wife cannot eat truma. She's not allowed to eat truma. Uh, but if the wife has slaves, the first opinion says she could still not eat truma. She's, the, the slaves cannot eat truma because since the middle person, i.e. the wife, uh, is not allowed to eat truma, so then her slaves also cannot eat truma. We don't say that it goes all the way back to the husband. The next two answers will say no, it does go all the way back to the husband. It goes back to the husband and really the slaves fundamentally could eat truma on a biblical level. They could eat truma. Rava says, Midar Raisa, Mechal Achli. They're allowed to eat truma. Even the Avadim, even the non Jewish slaves that are owned by the wife, that she brought into the marriage and is owned by, by the wife. Verabana de Gazabahu. But the Rabbana, the rabbis, they decreed that these slaves should not eat. Why? Kadesh's Homar, Ani Eni Ochelas, Abdi Enen Ochlan, Zonehi Etzlo, Hokach Asi, Lafuka. There is, the rabbi said that, you know what? We want to make it look like there's absolutely no marriage here so that they get divorced because this is a prohibitive relationship. The Kohen is not allowed to stay married to somebody who was previously divorced. Uh, and so we want to make sure that they don't realize that this is a regular marriage. So even though on a biblical level the slaves are allowed to eat truma because we sort of skip the, the, the master, the wife, and we go straight to the Kohen, and so therefore the slaves could eat truma from the Kohen, but on a rabbinic level, we say no. They're not allowed to eat truma because we don't want to give any signs to show that this is actually a real marriage. We want to make sure that they realize that this is not a real marriage and therefore they should get divorced. That is answer number two as to why when it comes to the Avdim Lug, the slaves uh, that belong to her are not allowed to eat truma. We want to make sure that it doesn't look like a regular marriage so that they get divorced. Answer number three. Rav Ashi Amar Ravashi says this is the first way of understanding Ravashi we'll see that he fine tunes it but Ravashi says no if we allow her slaves to eat truma you know what's going to end up happening after the husband dies the slaves are going to continue to eat truma because they're going to say just like beforehand we were able to eat truma even though our master the wife is not allowed to eat truma so the fact that the husband died it shouldn't make any difference didn't make a difference. The, the master was not eating truma anyway. So now that he died, we should also be able to eat truma. It shouldn't be any different. And that's wrong. It's not true. They only are allowed to eat truma if the Kohen is alive. If their master, i.e. the wife's husband, the Kohen is still alive, then they can eat truma. But not if he passes away. Um, and so that's what Ravashi says. But there's a big question on Ravashi. The Gemara asks, Elamayata, Ba'as Yisrael Shinisis L'Kohen L'Otachil G'zeri Shemotachil L'Achir Misa if this is true, uh, that uh, we are concerned for what's going to happen after the Kohen passes away, so then let's give a regular case. Why don't we give a regular case where we have the wife of a Kohen. The wife was never a Kohen before the marriage. She's now married to the Kohen. Now she's allowed to eat truma. So why don't we say, well, maybe she shouldn't eat truma. Why shouldn't she eat truma? Because what happens if the Kohen passes away? The Kohen passes away. She's going to think, you know what? I still am allowed to eat truma. Um... So, since I'm still allowed to eat, eat truma after the coin passes away, we should be concerned for that because it's not true. She's not allowed to eat truma after, the, after her husband passes away. So we should say, you know what? Don't eat even while you're married. We should say the same thing. Just like we, we said by the slaves, they're not going to eat while uh, they're, they still belong to their master. So, so to over here, we should say that the, the wife shouldn't eat while they're still married because we're concerned for what's going to happen once, uh, once the marriage ends. Uh, so the Gemara says this is actually a big question. So Elam Ravashi, 
Ba'amana Kohenes de Asil Eruye, May Kara Achle Betrumen de Benasa, Intvile Lahai Achle Betrumen de Gavrai, Bahasha Hajilin Mosa, come I said, Loyata de Mekarlo, Shaviosa, Nafsha Falala, Hasha Shaviosa, Nafsha Falala. The case is a very specific case where we say that uh, the Avadin, the, the non Jewish slaves that belong to her, are not allowed to eat Shuma. What's that case? That case is where it's specifically. Uh, Abbas Cohen. She herself is a Cohen. She was eating truma her entire life from her father's house. Uh, she happens to also be a widow, and she got married to the Cohen Gadol, to the high priest. But she was always eating truma in her father's house. Uh, and now that she's married, um, and not only was she eating truma in her father's house, but she was also allowing her slaves to eat truma in her father's house. Now that she's married, the slaves can continue eating. This is the suggestion. On the f- fundamentally, the slaves could continue eating. Truma, now that the husband passes away, she's going to think, you know what? I could go back to my family's home. My family is all a bunch of Kohanim. So I could go back to my family's home, and now the slaves can continue eating Truma. But it's not true. That's not a good argument to make because it's not true. Why isn't it true? Because she herself now is not allowed to eat. She doesn't go back to her family's home to eat Truma. She's not allowed to eat the special food of a Kohen because she became a Chalala. Even though she, she was born as the daughter of a Kohen, still, she's a Chalala. And therefore, she's not allowed to eat truma. So the logic is off. But that's what a person might think. If they were born as a Kohen, if she was born as a Kohen, she might think, ah, oh, even though I'm divorced or, or uh, he passed away, I should still be able to feed my slaves truma because I'm going back to my father's home. But it's not true because she became a chalala in the middle. So the says, The says, okay, fine. You, you've explained the Mishnah assuming that the widow that we're talking about here is... As somebody who was a Kohen, who was a Kohen her entire life. Uh, but what are you going to do about somebody who is not a Kohen? Uh, what's uh, what's there to be confused about? So the Gemara says, no, Bamanusa lo pligi. The Gemara says it's true. It, it, it is, you know, this this logical reasoning should only apply to uh, somebody, a woman who was always a Kohen, that she's afraid, we are afraid that she's going to say, ah, I was always eating truma and I was always feeding truma to my slaves. Uh, both before I was married and now that I'm married I'm still feeding them to my slaves now that the marriage has ended I should go back to my father's home that's the concern that only applies to the daughter of a Kohen but if she herself is a Yisrael not a Kohen so then she wouldn't have such an argument the Gemara says it's true she won't have such an argument but we made something that's referred to as a low plug they said you know what we're going to make a rule across the board this is we don't want it to get confusing so we'll say any time there's an almana anytime where there's this prohibitive relationship. So then we'll say that um, we'll say that the avadim, the slaves, are not allowed to eat truma because we just we'll make this as a low plug, as a, just a rule across the board. It doesn't have major ramifications because the slaves will eat something else. They won't eat truma, but they'll eat something else. It doesn't have major ramifications. But we'll make this rule across the board so that nobody gets confused. Everyone, everyone will then follow and say, you know what, the daughter of a kohen. Her, if she becomes a halala, somebody who's not allowed to eat truma, the slaves can't eat truma uh, because we're afraid that maybe when she goes back to her father's home, she will start feeding them truma. So we'll say, you know what? Don't feed them truma even while you're married. That's, those are the three answers. So essentially, with the first answer said that uh, really they're not allowed to eat truma. The slaves cannot eat truma because they go based on the middleman, the wife, who's the middle person. The next two answers say that no, it goes directly to the husband and on a biblical level they could eat truma but they give two different reasons why on a rabbinic level they are not, the slaves are not allowed to eat truma.
Okay, we'll continue with this Gemara in the next recording.